who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Something like light be. And ever since that light has been, there's never been any time that darkness has comprehended it. I believe so strongly that one of the reasons why God gave us light is because he doesn't want us to be in darkness. God is a speaking God. He's always speaking all of the time. God had a long conversation with Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. God had conversation with his prophets. All the patriarchs, God was speaking to them. As a matter of fact, Adam, the first man to be created, God was fellowshipping with him. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. What is God coming to do? He wants to fellowship with them. You see, God is always trying all of the time to speak to you and I. He doesn't want you left in the dark. God doesn't want you crawling in the dark and groping in darkness. God doesn't want you drawing the blank. He wants you to know. He wants you to know His plans for you, for yourself, for your life. He wants you to be in the know. God spoke to Abraham, spoke to Moses, spoke to Joshua, Samuel. What about David, all the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiah, Nahum. God was speaking all of them and communicating his plan and his purposes and the intents of his heart to them so that they can pass it to the people i want to ask you this morning can you hear god you need to hear him all the time because he is a speaking god hallelujah praise the lord now like i said god doesn't want us ignorant in any way he wants us to be informed as a matter of fact, there are several areas in the Bible where uh, God warned us specifically not to be ignorant. Let me mention a few of those, of, of those places in the Bible. Number one, the Bible warns us not to be ignorant of the devices of the devil. The devices of the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. We should not be ignorant. And you know what this Bible scripture is telling us, uh, when you use the word devices, is a word that should resonate with this generation. Because this is a generation that use devices. Your phone, your tabs, your laptops, those are devices. Now, when you are making a device, or when the company that manufactures devices, let's say Nokia, or Sony or any of those uh, Infinix, when they make their device, they, they just don't do it in one day. No, they sit down and they make plans and they and they have meetings about all these things and functionalities that will go into this particular device. We want the camera to be at this level of excellence. We want uh, the phone to operate this way. So a device is not something you do in one day. It takes a lot of time. 
And so we need to understand that when the Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devices of the devil, what the devil does is that he sits down to plan. Like a company will plan a device, it sits down to plan a device that will resonate with your weakness. It looks at you and sees how it's going to make you fall. Then it's, it, it makes that particular device that is custom made to you. And this is why most of the time when you are careless, one mistake and you are down is because it is devices of the devil. So the Bible says we should not be ignorant. In other words, we should be prayerful. We should live consciously uh, with the uh, knowledge that the devil is always out there to get us. And because if we have that understanding that uh, he's always planning devices for us to get us down, then we know we should not be careless with our Christian life. So we need to understand that. How devices work. We should be careful. We should not be careless with our lives. We should not fall into the traps of the devil so easily. Now, again, in the message translation of Second Corinthians 2.11, it says, After all, we don't want to unwittingly give Satan an opening for yet more mischief. We are not oblivious of his sly ways. You, should, you shouldn't be ignorant. Of the kind of person the devil is. You want to live your life deliberately and carefully. You want to be sure you are not careless with your Christian life. You want to make sure your prayer life is intense and continuous. You want to make sure you stay in the word of God and you read your Bible constantly. Why? Because of the devices of the devil. We are not to live ignorantly concerning that. Number two. The Bible wants us. That we should not be ignorant of the fact that bad things can happen to good people. However, God will be there to deliver us in the time of trouble. In Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. He said, for we will not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. That we are pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of life. I mean, this, this was Apostle Paul saying this. And you want to think, oh, because he's an apostle, he's a servant of God, serving the Lord, there shouldn't be trouble. No. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. That trouble came. However, they will always, all of the time, overcome every trouble. Why? Because God is always on our side. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. So you need to understand. However, you should not be ignorant that trouble will come. So you see, when you are not ignorant of that fact, when trouble shows up, you don't get depressed. You don't start crying. You don't give up so easily. No, you stand up to it. You face it. And then you exercise your rights in God. And then you are able to overcome. Number three, the Bible wants us not to be ignorant concerning those who are already dead. You see, the Bible makes us to understand that there's a hope after now. Okay, in, in, the, in the scriptures, in First Thessalonians 4.13, it says, I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He said that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. In other words, there are ways people who have no hope sorrow. There's a way they stay in grief for years. There's a way they continue crying and they're ne- never able to recover because somebody passes away. He said, but look, I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact that there's a life after now. That you cannot compare yourself with the people that have no hope. Hallelujah. In the message translation, it says, as regarding the question, friends... 
that has come up about what happened to those already dead and buried. We don't want you in the dark any longer. God doesn't want you in the dark any longer. He said, first off, you must not carry on over them like people who have nothing to look forward to. As if the grave were the last word. Glory to God. For believers, the grave is never the last word. In fact, it's the beginning of a new and beautiful life. Number four, the Bible wants us and tells us not to be ignorant that is quick to do what he wants to do. Yes, God doesn't delay. In Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, it says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. In other words, what we can think of doing in one thousand years, God says I can do it in one day. And he said, don't be ignorant of that. Don't ever come to a place where you start thinking that it takes a whole lot of years to do something that I mean, that, what, that God wants to do. In, in verse 9, he said, the Lord is not slack. Glory to God. He's not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. He said, but he's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And what the Bible is saying here is, look, the things I want to do, I'm ready to do them quickly, but there's a reason I don't do some of those things is because I don't want those things to destroy you. In other words, you are praying for a particular blessing and God sees that that blessing will destroy you. God will withhold the blessing. You will interpret it as delay, but really it's not delay because uh, 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 God is not slack concerning this promise. So I don't want you to be ignorant of that fact. Amplified version says, nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you. Beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9, I love it. He said, the Lord does not delay. It doesn't delay. And it's not tardy or slow about what it promises according to some people's conception of slowness. He said, but it's long-suffering, extraordinarily patient towards you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. In other words, the reason some of those things are not done is because he loves you. He's patient. He wants you to come to the place of maturity where you can handle the blessing before he releases the blessing. Glory to God. Second Peter 3, 8 to 9, message translation. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. God isn't late. Amen. He isn't late with his promise. As some measure lateness. He's restraining himself on account of you. The reason he's delaying is because of you. In other words, if you don't get yourself into the place of maturity, he can delay. If you don't deal with the problem of lust, marriage can delay. Because if you get, if you get married, then you're going to move into adultery. So he waits for you to deal with those things. He's holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. It's giving everyone space and time to change. So, number four thing you should know there is that God is quick to do what he wants to do. Never let the devil push you to a corner of believing the fact that God is too slow. God is never slow. Number five thing that the Bible wants us not to be ignorant of is concerning spiritual gifts. Concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant in First Corinthians 12, 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, pneumaticon, that's the Greek word there. It says, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. Amplified version says now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy, brethren. I do not want you to be misinformed. 
I've gone all this length to let us know one fact. That God doesn't want us ignorant. God doesn't want us in the dark. God wants light for us. He wants our mind, our soul, our spirit to be enlightened and flooded with light. Like it, like it said in Ephesians 1, 17. He wants us to have understanding. He's, he wants to speak to us all the time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So now, there's something about the voice of God we need to understand. God is always speaking. He will speak to you and I in the name of Jesus. He will speak to us. We'll hear him all of the time. Now, let me have you know something. That the voice of God is resolute. His voice is strong. I don't know how God does it, but God is able to combine being strong and being tender. The Bible makes us understand that God is full of tender, loving kindness towards us and yet is strong, is a man of war, is the Lord of hosts. So we need to understand the voice of God is strong. In Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says the voice of my beloved, behold, it cometh, leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills. That voice is resolute. Anytime God speaks, nothing can withstand that voice. That voice will leap over every mountain and skip upon the hills. No mountain can stop the voice of God. No trouble, no issue can, no puzzle can dissolve the voice of God. In Songs of Solomon 5 verse 2, he said, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is full with dew, and my locks with the drops of the nigh. You see, the voice of the beloved, the voice of God, is always knocking at the door of your eye. He wants to speak to you. He wants to communicate to you. In John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The question I have for you this evening, can you hear his voice? Have you heard his voice today? Hearing the voice of God is the beginning of wonderful and great things in your life. Without hearing that voice, the spirit will be famished. The soul will be lean and the body will be diseased. You need to hear the voice of God constantly. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and I will sup with him and he with me. You see, there's something about the voice of God. You want to hear that voice every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening. You don't want to go one second without the voice of God because the voice of God is all about your life. That is what will bring wisdom and direction into your life if you are living your life right now and things are confusing and puzzling what you need to do is to sit down and hear the voice of God there's a place in the scripture that says be still and know that I'm God how will you know he is God he's going to speak to you my prayer for you this evening is that you continue listening to this message God will speak to you. You will hear his voice in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2. He says all these blessings will come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You've got to make up your mind. I will listen to his voice. I will go after his voice. In the book of Psalm 29 
we see some attributes of the voice of the Lord. Can we take a moment to explore? Beautiful, beautiful thing in Psalm 29. Let's begin in verse 1 of Psalm 29. The Bible says a Psalm of David. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Verse 3 says the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. So the first thing we see in, in, from Psalm 29 verse 3 is the superiority of the voice of the Lord over the sea and the flood. The sea and the flood often represent trouble that comes our way. And the Bible says the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, not below it. Now see the waters of life and the floods of life cannot overcome and overrule the voice of God. Why? The voice of the Lord is upon, not below. It's upon the waters. Upon the flood of life. What kind of troublesome waters is trying to overwhelm you? What kind of issues and trouble and problem is overwhelming your soul and your crying from day to day and from night to night? You are wetting your pillows with tears. What kind of trouble can it be? The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. And that's what you need to hear. You see, there's something about that voice that overpowers the restlessness and the fury of the sea. You see, the flood of coronavirus is too small. The voice of God. The voice of God. My God. The flood of coronavirus is too infinitesimal at the margins of the voice of the Lord. In other words, in the midst of the pandemic, hear the voice of the Lord. You will come out stronger in the name of Jesus. After this pandemic season, God will make you stronger than before in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 93, verses 3 to 4, he said, The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. He said, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yeah, than the mighty waves of the sea. Floods are so powerful. In the, in the moment of fury and anger, a flood can overrule a city, can bury a whole city in its fury. An angry flood can do massive and wreck, and wreck serious havoc in minutes. Angry floods can uproot the mightiest of trees in a moment of time like just plucking up a plant. But with all that fury, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. No wonder Jesus spoke to the sea and said, be still. And the moment, the, the restlessness of the sea and the fury of the sea was subdued. Hallelujah. In Psalm 29 verse 4, which is the next verse, said the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. In other words, number two is talking about the sheer strength and majestic power that is encapsulated in his voice. In other words, the voice of God is strong and majestic. See, the voice of God does not argue. The voice of God never enters into debates. The voice of God never negotiates. The voice of God is powerful. That is why it doesn't matter what you are going through. If you can sit down and hear the voice of God concerning that issue, the problem will be solved. Psalm 33 verse 9. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Not that he spake and it was considered. No, it was done. He commanded, it stood fast. Not that we know we want to see. Say, that's the voice of the Lord. What is that issue in your life? That ailment, that situation? What is that financial issue you have? All you need is His voice. And I'm praying to you tonight. 
my God will speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 29 verse 5. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yeah, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. See, the reality, number three, the reality that nothing is strong enough to defy the voice of God. Cedars are known to be so strong, so powerful, that David used cedars in the building of the temple. You see, but there's something in the voice of God that will break the cedars apart. It was Professor Alexander that said, cedars are the loftiest forest trees and those of Lebanon as the loftiest of their species. Massive, strong, massive trees, circumference, wide as anything. And yet there's something in the voice of God that will break it apart. You see, I see that hard situation dissolving in your life in the name of Jesus. I see that situation that seems so strong, that, that seems so strong and has refused to go. I see it coming down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6 of Psalm 29. It says, He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. In other words, number four is talking about the embarrassment of that which believed that nothing can move it. You know, there are some problems that stand so proudly. You know, some lineage issues that seems to have pervaded the entirety of the family that has afflicted generations of men and women. You will see some families, they always having diabetes. You will see some families, they are always dying before they are 50. You see some families, there are always issues and all of that. Listen to me. He said, he make them to skip like a calf. There's something in the voice of God that will make that everlasting problem to skip without skipping rope. See, the voice of the Lord will embarrass every problem in your life that has stood proudly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go after the voice of the Lord. That's what you need. In Psalm 29 and verse 7, he said, The voice of the Lord divided the flames of fire. He divided the flames of fire. In other words, the fire can be raging can be destructive, can even resist the best of firefighters, but there's something in the voice of God that would divide that fire. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. He says, the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. So number 5, is talking about the shaking of that which seems unshakable. You see, the, the wilderness is known for its rigidity, dryness, unproductivity. You, you see a wilderness, you, you just want to give up. See, the wilderness season is screaming, I've got nothing to offer you. But God said, I can shake it. The voice of the Lord can shake it. The voice of the Lord can shake the wilderness that seems so dry and yet there will be productivity coming out of it. The voice of the Lord can shake a, a wilderness that is so dry, there's no water and yet waters will gush out of it. That is the voice of the Lord. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this pandemic season will not be dry to you. You will hear the voice of the Lord in this season and every wilderness will be shaken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 29 and verse 9, it says, The voice of the Lord maketh the eyes to carve 
and discovered the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. So number six is talking about our destinies being, being birthed. Whether your gestation period is complete or not, he said the voice of the Lord. You see, the, the, the hinds are not ready to give birth yet. Maybe they are just, at the, at, at the, I don't know the number of months. Maybe they are just there and it's going to take a few more months. He said, but when the voice of the Lord comes, that calf will go into birth process immediately. Why? Because God has spoken and so I want to speak to somebody in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because this is speaking about productivity in other words you will produce you will be you will not be barren you will be fruitful because of the voice of the Lord when you hear that voice you'll be fruitful in your business you'll be fruitful in your endeavors go after the voice because the voice of the Lord make the eyes to carve what he's saying is that it will cause them to give birth in the amplified version it says the voice of the Lord makes the eyes to bring forth their young and his voice strips bare the forest while in his temple everyone is saying glory in Psalm 29 verse 10 the Lord seated upon the floor yeah the Lord seated king forever so number 7 is talking about the completion of our redemptive package it is already finished that is why the lord can sit upon the floors everything is settled the supreme sacrifice is complete your salvation plan is concluded all you need to do is to respond and key into that which god has done and then you begin to see the blessedness of god number eight psalm 29 verse 11 says the lord will give strength unto his people the lord will bless his people with peace so number eight is talking about the reality that there is supply of strength from god by virtue of his voice uh, not that he may give it no he will give strength i pray for you in the name of jesus god will give you strength in that your business i prophesy god will give you strength concerning the work of your hands i declare god will give you strength it will give you ideas, ideas from heaven, ideas that are unique for this season. God will bath them on your inside. He will give you wisdom beyond your generation. You see, Joseph had a wisdom that delivered a whole nation in his time. God will give you wisdom. Wisdom that will deliver your family. Wisdom that will deliver your people. Wisdom that will deliver your city. In the name of Jesus, receive strength. Because he says the Lord will give strength unto his people. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. He said that he will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit. In the inner man. I pray for you God will strengthen you in your inner man. You will be strengthened. You will no longer be weak. You will no longer fall. Anyhow you are strengthened in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear thou not. I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. In Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I prophesy strength into your life over the work of your hands. In the Amplified Version of Philippians 4 terrain, he said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. May you be infused with inner strength 
in the name of Jesus. In Colossians 1.11, strengthened with all might. Amplified version of Colossians 1.11 says, We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with, with joy. That would be your portion in the name of Jesus. Finally, the last scriptures in Colossians 1.11. He said, We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the green strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. I want to challenge you as we come to the end of this message. Go after the voice of God. Whatever that issue is, you need to hear Him. Instead of uh, giving up, instead of resigning to faith, instead of thinking God can't do it, Listen to his voice first. His voice is powerful. His voice will bring direction. His voice will bring wisdom. His voice will bring grace. Notice Jesus Christ. He couldn't do anything until everybody had that voice. This is my beloved son. Hear him. See, the moment the voice of God comes and announces you, that is when life begins. You need to hear him. If you haven't heard him yet, go and sit down. Don't start that business without hearing him. Don't start that venture without hearing his voice. His voice is sweet and the voice comes with power and with strength. I pray God will open up your understanding, will open your spiritual ears. You will hear him indeed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For we pray in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. See you on Sunday once again. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning, say after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and personal savior I declare you died for my sin you rose up on a third day from today I'm a new creature all things have passed away all things have become new in Jesus name congratulations if you prayed that prayer welcome to the body of Christ welcome to God's kingdom please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials God bless you this message is brought to you by Dunamis and Sophia Noah and powered by the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Grace Center, and Kisses and Hugs Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global. YouTube at Dunamis Tunde Noah on MixLR at KHC Global. Visit our website www.kissesandhooks.com via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kissesandhooks.com slash partnership. God bless you.